Hello, friends of Soundbite Gospel. I am your host, Travis Hayes. I am here on the back porch of my house with my wonderful wife, who was wanting to sit in on the debut of season two. Um, I'm super excited. We we have made it. We are eight episodes in, and you might be noticing that this episode is a little longer than the previous ones. Um, I did some thinking and some brainstorming with my wife, actually. She's a very good uh, critic, on, in, in a good way, of course. <laughs> um, and I just realized that, man, there's a lot that I really want to say, and I felt like I was being constrained um, by five minutes and it just didn't seem as natural as I wanted it to. And so I'm trying something new. Um, it's obviously not going to be an hour-long um, podcast because I don't think I have that much to say. But, you know, maybe we can do this in 10 minutes or less. But we'll see. I promise it won't be a very long podcast because um, I like to... It's still, I still have to somewhat make it a soundbite gospel uh, and not a full-on sermon gospel. <laughs> um, but today, we are going to look at Mark 5. Now, Jesus and his disciples, they came to the other side of the sea, to the country of the Gerasenes. Now, sometimes Jesus is going to want us to travel across the sea in order for us to uh, be stretched and to um, show us more of what he wants us to see. However, that's not what we are um, talking about today. That is a whole nother episode. We are actually going to be looking at a story where a man possessed by demons is healed by Jesus. And so Jesus um, cast out these demons from this man, sends them into pigs, they go into the river, they die, and basically this man is healed in his right mind. So this is where we pick up in Mark 5, verse 15. And they, the people of Gerasene, came to Jesus and saw the demon-possessed man, the one who had the legion sitting there, clothed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. And those who had seen it described to them what had happened to the demon-possessed man and to the pigs, and they began to beg Jesus to depart from their region. So it's pretty interesting. Um, Jesus does something wonderful, and the kingdom of God is being put on display and people want nothing to do with him. As he was getting into the boat, the man who had been possessed with demons begged him that he might be with him, and he did not permit him, but said to him, Go home to your friends and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. And he went away and began to proclaim in the Decapolis, or the area of the Gerasenes, how much Jesus had done for him, and everyone marveled. There's a lot, there's a lot going on here, um, but what I think is most interesting and almost sometimes sometimes confusing, you see, when we read stories of Jesus, there's always deeper levels. There's always something more going on than meets the eye, and we have this guy who has been healed, who used to be demon possessed his life was basically nothing and Jesus comes along heals him and this guy wants to be basically be a disciple of Jesus learn under his teaching and then 
go out and do what Jesus had done for him. Jesus says, no, I don't want you to, I don't want you to follow me. And that's so strange. The demon possessed man wants to be trained. And isn't that what we want? You know, sometimes when we feel like we're called by Jesus and when we encounter Jesus, we feel like we want some training. We need to be get a little smarter. We need to um, go to, you know, learn, learn this or learn that. And that's not what Jesus wants us to do. He says, no, you're good. Just tell your story. Jesus wants the man to tell his story. He doesn't want him to learn about doctrines or learn about theology or spend, you know, gobs of time and money to learn the right things. He simply just wants him to tell his story of what Jesus has done for him. And I think the author of Mark is so smart in the way he weaves the story of Jesus and his ministry. Because if we look just two chapters later, in Mark 7, it says, Then he returned from the region, this is Jesus, Tyre, and went through Sidon to the sea. And I'm probably butchering the names of these uh, Middle Eastern places. <laughs> um, but bear with me. To the Sea of Galilee, in the region of Decapolis. So we are back where the man was healed by the demon, um, by the demons, or healed from the demons, I'm sorry. <laughs> and they brought to him a man who was deaf and had a speech impediment. And they begged him to lay his hand on him, and taking him aside from the crowd. Jesus had to take a man away from a crowd of people in the same area that two chapters earlier wanted him gone. And see, this is what we call, um, not we, but this is what the Jewish culture would call a midrash, um, which is reading in the white space, um, almost like the story behind the story. And isn't it interesting that it was the demon-possessed man's story, and this is all obviously this is all somewhat speculation, but is not really that far of a reach. Couldn't it be possible that the man's story that Jesus said, No, don't come follow me, just go tell people what I've done for you. The same town, the same area who once wanted Jesus gone and disregarded what he had done. Now there are crowds of people who are bringing him people to heal. And like I said, that may be some speculation that may be reaching, but I don't think it's too far off. I think if we read in that white space of scripture, we can see something powerful happening. And it just shows us the power of story. It shows us that more times than not, our story is more powerful than anything. The story of us and what Jesus means to us and what he has done for us and what he has done for humanity and all of creation is more powerful than any sort of um, 
doctrinal beliefs or or um, dogmas or whatever you want to you know fancy word you want to call it sometimes it's just it's just the story it's the story that we tell it's the power of our story because stories equal power there's a reason that our our um, our society is so enthralled by stories by movies and books and because we, we we crave stories and i think that they're probably the most powerful um form of, of of heart change i think it's why jesus when he was trying to tell what the kingdom of god is like he used stories he used parables because jesus knew what he was doing he knew that stories would change lives. It's the power that is opposite of the 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 rule and reign of of the world. It's um, yeah, it's it's powerful. It's it's more than just hey, here are the facts. Very very few times did Jesus say, hey, this is this is the kingdom of God, or this is um, this is the formula. He never said that. He, he never said this is X, Y, and Z. He always said things and stories and things and almost in a mystery and a secret. And it's because stories are powerful and multi-leveled and, and, and can be related on so many different levels. So don't diminish the power of your story. Don't diminish what God has done for you and what he has shown you in your life and your circumstances and embrace the story that is you embrace the story of your life how God has called you to be something more than where you are now it is the power of your story